Welcome to World Missions Ministries. Hallelujah. I am Pastor Sandra Vineyard, and we're going to take this opportunity to go to the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we give you honor. We give you praise. We magnify your holy name. There is none like you, Lord Jesus. There is none besides you. You are the true and the living God. Father, we give you honor today that you promised to be the lifter up of our heads. So today, God, I ask you to lift up the hearts and the heads of your people. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, that when you left, hallelujah, when Jesus left the earth, hallelujah, he looked to you to give us another helper. So we thank you for that new helper being the Holy Ghost, who not only lives inside of us, but who also can also minister upon us. So we give you glory today, God. We give you honor for opening the eyes of our understanding and enlightening us, for reminding us that our God is God, that there's none like you. Hallelujah, there's none besides you. You are the true and the living God. So, Father, for everybody in the sound of my voice and for people sitting before other ministers around the world, we pray, God, that your anointing destroy every yoke of the oppressor today. We pray, God, that those that came to seek you, that they will find you and find rest for their souls. To you be all glory, all praise, and all dominion. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's good to see more people in the house. Hallelujah. In the physical house today. Amen. But we bless the Lord that we've not been away from the Lord. We've been with him through, he's been with us the entire time. Hallelujah. We are the church. Hallelujah. We are the church. Not the edifice. We, the people, are the church. And I thank you, God, that we have not left you. Hallelujah. And I give you honor today for reminding us. And even the title for today's message is, the Spirit of the Lord is within us and upon us. Hallelujah. We're going to use John chapter 14, verse 16 as our text scripture. John chapter 14, verse 16. Hallelujah. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit abides with us forever. Glory to God. So over the past year, it's been incredibly important to lean on the Holy Spirit to give us words of encouragement. It's been difficult. Hallelujah for us and for the people around us. Hallelujah. But God is faithful to give us a word in season to speak to people that are weary. But the Holy Spirit is more than a comforter. Hallelujah. He's more than a comforter. Glory to God. And I thank God I had to be the first partaker of this of this divine nature. Hallelujah. Because I think of the Holy Spirit as a comforter. I think of him as a guide. Amen. Today we're going to illuminate that a little bit more. Amen. For anybody else that needs that illumination, come along with me. Hallelujah. So let's look at John chapter 14. Hallelujah. Verses uh, 14 through 18. And our text scripture is right in the middle of it. Amen. So here's what the word of God says. Hallelujah. Through, through uh, the apostle John. John chapter 14, verses 14 through 18. If you ask me anything in my name, as my representative, and we know we're God's representatives, right? We're ambassadors, hallelujah, in the earth. He said that anything that we ask him, that he would do it. And if you really love me, and by the way, I'm using the amplified version. I'm actually oscillating, and I'll try to let you know ahead of time which version I'm in. Amen. Praise the Lord. But he says, if you really love me, You'll keep and obey my commandments. 
Glory to God. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. So the Holy Spirit is not our only helper. He's another helper that Jesus asked the Father to give us on his way out. Amen. And what it goes on to say in the Amplified, and I love the way they break down helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, a standby, to be with us forever. Glory to God. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually. Glory to God and will be in you. So the Holy Ghost is not, the Holy Spirit is not lifting off. Amen. In the Old Testament, he came and went. He came upon people and he left. Right? He came for the purpose that he was sent to do and then he would depart. For us, the Holy Ghost is part of us. He lives inside of us. Glory to God. And he leads and guides us into the truth. Hallelujah. So I love verse 18, which I don't remember ever seeing. It says, I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, bereaved, and helpless. I will come back to you. So for me and the people in my circle, the last two weeks we've been to two funerals. One for another COVID uh, uh, person who passed from COVID, and the other person we're still waiting to find out what happened to her. But here's the thing. Hmm. The young lady had a daughter that's 15 years old. And she will learn this truth, that God did not leave her an orphan. He'll be a comforter to her. He'll be with her. He'll make sure that she's comforted. And for all the other people around us who have lost loved ones, I don't care if you lost them today or a year ago or two years ago, God is a comforter. Hallelujah. Today, like I said, because I see him as a comforter above everything. And it's largely because in our lives, we've had to see him. We've had to see him show up and be a comforter. We've had to see him show up and be a father to the fatherless. We've seen him show up. Glory to God. But for many of you, you need to know that he's more than a comforter. Glory to God. So in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon people, like I said, to empower them for whatever the charge that God put to their put to their hands, the Holy Ghost would come upon them and enabling, give them enabling power to do whatever it is God wanted them to do. Amen. And the people were simply commanded to obey God. That was all they were supposed to do is obey God. But let's be clear about something. Even for us New Testament ministers of God, that is still God's commandment to us, to obey him. I know that people quote all the time that, that obedience is better than sacrifice. But let's understand something. You cannot walk with God and do what he's calling you to do if you don't obey him when he speaks. Hmm. We have to obey. And, you know, we're studying the Bible in a year. I know I said that the last time I was here. But, you know, as long as we've been walking with the Lord, it's amazing. No matter when you go back and study any part of the Bible, God will open your eyes and enable you to see stuff you've never seen before. And so I used to be a person who would say, oh, my God, I can't believe we're going over this again. When people would start doing the scripture that I knew well, I had a really funky attitude because I thought, oh, for goodness sake, all the 66 books, you couldn't find something else? Well, there are probably some people thinking, my goodness, you're going to John 14. Everybody knows John 14. Even John 14 is, is ministered at every funeral, one through six, right? He's going to prepare a place for us that where he is, we can be, he, we, that where he is, we will be also. 
You know, that he has a mansion that he said before us. We all kind of know that. But today, this is where God told me to start, so I'm being obedient. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, the people were commanded to obey God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, so that they would live. You know, those laws were put in place to protect people. And, you know, when, when Moses was directing them, you know, they would come and go. Sometimes they were obedient, other times they were not. That's no different than us. I'd like to think that we obey every single thing God says exactly when he says it. Says it. But even delayed obedience is sin. We might still do what God told us to do, but if we didn't do it when he told us to do it, that's delayed obedience. And I, I repent because I've been guilty of that. It's like, it's not a question of you saying, oh, God, is that you? He expects you to try the spirits and see if it be of God. But when he asks you to do something, he's expecting you to do it. So after the death of Moses, God instructed the people of Israel um, to allow Judah to go first. Because they asked God, okay, who's supposed to lead us now? And God told them to let Judah go first. And we know that Judah symbolizes praise. So for God, God wanted them to praise him and obey him and walk with him and do it his way. So they wouldn't have to know judgment. But they wanted a judge. They wanted a ruler. They wanted somebody to lead them and guide them. Not God who had been doing it all along. Amen. So what God did was he gave them what they wanted. So for 400 years, the people of Israel were governed by judges because they simply wouldn't obey what God had instructed them to do. Let's just obey God so we won't see judgment. Let's just obey the Lord. It's his way for us. Amen. So, <laughs> God wants us to live right. And he wants us to remember that there's only one person on the entire planet or under the earth or in the earth that we should be giving our allegiance to. And that's him. Not people. Him. Yes, we submit to authority. That's part of God's plan. But what God wanted to do for the people of Israel, they didn't want him to do. They didn't want to be led by God. They wanted to be led by the, like the other people were being led. See, the Joneses is not a new thing. You know, from the very beginning, they wanted to be like somebody else. Glory to God. And God is saying, <laughs> I have a plan. I always have a plan. And when you're willing and obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land. I know we use Isaiah 119 a lot, and it's really because... It is the scripture that talks about obedience to me that really cements it for us. If we want to eat the good of the land, we want our lives to be peaceful, we want to walk in truth, obedience is the way that God set up before us. Disobey me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So even when we, it doesn't look like God's plan is working, <laughs> God is a master. Mm. He's a master. My sister calls him a master scorekeeper. It's like, even when we mess up, that's not what he's keeping score of. He's keeping score of the times we realize that we can't do it without him, and we come back, and we say, God, forgive me. Glory be to God. That's who God is. So let's go <laughs> to God's plan. So last week, you'll remember that uh, Minister Janice ministered to us about the Shumanite woman, and she talked to us about God used her life, the Shumanite woman's life, and the life of her son to minister to us that there's nothing that shall be impossible to them that believe. 
that no matter what the situation is looking like before you, we have a choice how we're going to perceive it. We have a choice how we're going to receive it. We have a choice. Glory to God. And she chose not to see what was in front of her. She chose to say, this prophet was sent to me and told me I was going to be given a child, and now the child is dead. She couldn't even conceive of it. She made her mind up that it is well. So quite the way the Shumanite woman, God used Ezekiel to minister to her and to give her the truth and to demonstrate his power, his anointing came upon Ezekiel. And what does he do? He breathes the breath of life back into this young man, and the young man arises. God is still breathing the breath of life into each one of us. So we can live. Not exist, so we can live. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, I thank the Lord because this humanite woman, she simply, last week we were talking, you got to fight. There's some things you have got to stick. Listen, for everything we have to stand, expecting a performance from the Lord. So we can't be double-minded in it, praying and not expecting. That doesn't work. We know that. What we're going to do now is look at not only did the Holy Ghost come upon Ezekiel, but he came upon the young man, and his life was restored to him. And today we're going to look at a few other people, hallelujah, where that was the case, where the Holy Ghost came upon them. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at God operating through some disobedient people. Because Israel operated in a lot of disobedience and a lot of their, um, their delayed um, deliverance was simply because they wouldn't do what God said. So for us, let's just do what God said. So we don't have to be delayed in the things that God has already set apart for us. God makes a promise. He delivers. He never lies. He always does exactly what he says he's going to do. Even if we don't understand what he said. He still does exactly what he says he's going to do. So in Judges 13, God promised Manoah. And another. this is another case of another barren woman. It's amazing to me how many times God used barren women to work his great power. You know, we, we, we know, hallelujah, that he did it with, with uh, Elizabeth. We know that he did it with the Shumanite woman. And now he, we know he did it with Hannah. And now he's doing it here for another woman that's not named. The other thing that amazes me about God is how many times we read through the word and it'll say the person, but will never say their name. Because as far as God is concerned, he knows the hairs on our heads. He's not confused about who you are. Amen. And so he, the name doesn't mean so much to him as much as our hearts towards him. That's what he's looking at, our hearts. Not whether we think we're cute, not whether we think we're above only, but in fact, what our hearts are speaking back to him. Glory to God. So we're going to go to Judges chapter 13. Hallelujah. And we're going to see God sent an angel to give a word to Manoah's wife. He didn't even talk to Manoah. First, he talked to the wife first, the one that's not even being named. Amen. So let's go to Judges chapter 13. We're going to start with verse 3. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren. It's always funny to me when God tells you something you already know. But he I, wants to make sure that there's no confusion here. I get that you're barren. I know that. Okay? So he's just making sure she's clear. And you can't bear. But thou shalt conceive. So he's saying, yeah, the odds are against you. I know that you can't by your own strength. 
but the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you, which is exactly what happened here. Amen. And so when God spoke the word, the word came with his authority and with his power to deliver. So it says, Behold, now thou art barren and, and bears not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. So even for women that are pregnant, you, your child is a partaker of whatever you're partaking of, whether it's emotional or, or, or physical. So take care of yourself so that the baby's also being taken care of. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. Now remember, Samson was a Nazarite, and Moses had given instruction in number six about how Nazarites needed to conduct themselves. Now bear in mind, uh, when we go through this, that the angel told them that Samson was going to be a Nazarite. Samson didn't decide this for himself. It was decided for him. You know, before we get here, God had a plan. Before we were formed in our mother's belly, there was already a plan for our lives. So Samson and his family might have been taken by surprise, but the angel gave very specific instructions that Samson would be raised and trained up as a Nazarite. So we're going to turn to Numbers chapter 6. We're going to start with verse 1 because we want to make sure that we're clear about what this Nazarite uh, um, instruction was. So let's go there. Numbers chapter 6, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite, to separate themselves unto the Lord, consecration to the Lord. That's what this is. They consecrated him before he was even born. From the moment that the word was spoken, from the moment that Manoah's wife accepted and received that word from the angel, from that moment, the anointing had already begun to work. The Holy Spirit had already begun to work. Amen. And so it says uh, in verse 3, He will separate himself from wine and strong drink, and shall drink no vinegar of wine or vinegar of strong drink, and neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, nor eat moist grapes or dried ones for that matter. All the days of his separation show he eat nothing that is made of the vine tree, from the kernels even to the husk. All the days of the vow of his separation, there shall no razor come upon his head until the days be fulfilled, in the which he separates himself unto the Lord. He shall be holy and shall be let the locks of his hair, of his head, grow. All the days that he separates himself unto the Lord, he shall come at no dead body. So it was important that the Nazarite people understood you being consecrated to the Lord and you touch no dead thing, right? And so that's what it says at that last verse when it talks about you shall not come at no dead body. It's making sure they understand that death is far removed from you. It has no dominion and has no authority in your realm. You're free from all types of death. Just stay away from death. And so that was the instruction to the Nazarite. Don't cut your hair. Don't drink alcohol, other things like that, and do not, do not partake of anything that's dead. Now, from there, uh, and so Samson uh, 
from the time of his birth, there was a, an order on his life. There was an instruction that spoke to what he should do and how he should do it. And if you think about it, in our own lives, even for our children, we, we good parents watch their children, see what is it that they're really good at, and trying to direct them in their natural bent. What had been done here is Samson, it had already been declared from the very beginning who he was and what he would be. Glory to God. So we're going to turn to Judges chapter 14, verse 6. So we talked about the spirit of the Lord being within us, New Testament believers. Old Testament believers, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And so in Judges 14, 6, the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samson, and he tore a lion in part, though he had nothing in his hand. Now remember, he's not supposed to be around any dead thing. And he kills something. He kills an animal. Right? And so, and he does it with his bare hand. So, you would think that he would have broken that Nazarite um, uh, covenant that he had. But, it was never perceived quite that way in the Bible about Samson. In fact, in verse 8 it says, 14 verse 8 it says, after some time when he returned to get the Philistine woman. So what he had done is, once the anointing came upon him, he was able to do amazing things. Able to deliver great amounts of people from the, the force of the Philistines. And you'll note that one of the things that was spoken over Samson as well is that he would be the beginning of what would be an order that would release people from Philistine captivity. And so that was one of the things that he would do. And we'll, we'll look at that in a few minutes. Amen. So in, in verse 8, I want to just show you that one of the things he was supposed to do is I'm going to remind you of what that Nazarite um, order was. It says, verse 8, after some time when he returned to get the Philistine woman, which he knew he was not supposed to be looking or connecting with, with the enemy. He was not supposed to be running after any ites. And he wanted this woman, so he went after her, right? And when he did, he saw the carcass of the lion filled with bees and honey. And he took some of it and gave some to his father and mother, and they ate it. I just thought of uh, Eve when she, you know, partook and gave to Adam. You know, it, it's amazing to me that there's nothing new under the sun. There's so many, <laughs> so many stories in the Bible well, you'll find God giving this instruction and the people did this. And all you got to do is look back. They did it before. And, and they're going to do it again. There's nothing new under the sun. Glory to God. God said so. And it manifests all the time. So one day the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. And he would, again, come upon Samson when it was something that Samson needed to do where he needed the power and the authority that came through the Holy Ghost or through the Holy Spirit. And so... He killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. So in Judges chapter 15, verse 16, it says, he, bra he was bragging about having killed these 1,000 men with a jawbone of a donkey. Right? He brags. And, and, you know, we should brag about God. But he wasn't bragging about God. He was bragging about him. He said, I... <laughs> I killed a thousand people, not by the grace of God or by the power of the Holy Spirit, but I, you know. So let's be careful, you know, to give God his glory. Amen. He don't need to share that with us. It's all him. Amen. 
But he bragged about his efforts, and he thanked God. In the same breath, he was thanking God. He started complaining that he was thirsty. <laughs> so on the one hand, he's taking credit for the work that the Holy Spirit did. And the second thing he's doing is he's thanking God, because he, he I guess it dawns on him that he realized, hey, I didn't even thank God for giving me the authority and the power to do this. And then he turns around and starts complaining in one breath. You know, kind of like the people of Israel, when God delivers them from Egypt and, and took them through the Red Sea. And they get over to the other side. They did the same thing. They started complaining. You know, you should have left us in Egypt. We were so much better there. Now, after he done worked all these incredible, incredible miracles for them, they look back and they want to go back to Egypt. So again, nothing new under the sun. Glory to God. In Judges chapter 15, verse 18, he says exactly what I just paraphrased. He says, you have given me this great deliverance by the hand of your servant. And now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? God split the hollow place and water came out. God did that before, remember? He had Moses strike the rock and water came out. So it's amazing that God, it really must be important to him to remind us of who he is and what he does. Because with different groups of people, he's teaching us the same lesson. You need water? Water is sustenance for us. If you're not drinking water, please put down the cans. I'm not even talking about alcohol. You shouldn't be drinking that anyway. But sodas and all these juices are filled with sugars. And God, I know he said he'd bless our water and he would bless our food. But take this instruction. Water. Get your fill of it. And I'm preaching to myself too. Water. Glory to God. It's why if you look, there's so many times in the Bible where people complained about being thirsty. Even when Jesus went to the cross, he said, I thirst. Water. And he was the water of the word, so let, let's be clear. It's a little bit different, a lot more important than what Jesus was doing, but water. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the people of Israel received him as their judge because as far as they were concerned, he had to prove that he had the authority to judge them. Now, they don't want God to judge them. I mean, they don't want God to lead them. They want their own judge. And then they needed him to perform for them. Show us that you have the power. And really, what they were looking for is, is the power of God with you? They didn't say it that way. But when they saw the power of God upon him, they, they made the declaration that he could be their judge. And he, and he ruled over them for 20 years. He was their 12th judge. The people of Israel, just hard-nosed and hard-headed, would not listen. So Samson, even though he's the called of the Lord, he was called to do a great work, he had a will. He did what he wanted. And he was arrogant, and he defied the laws of God. He insisted, after his parents even reminded him that you're not supposed to go after this Philistine woman, he said to his father, I want her. Get her for me. So, not only was he being uh, 
disobedient, he was being belligerent. He knew it was wrong, but he wanted what he wanted. And because he now has all this power that's at work in him, again, it's the Holy Spirit, not him, he wanted what he wanted. And so he went after Delilah. <sighs> How many times has God warned us not to do stuff or to do stuff? And we think, because he's so merciful to us and because he's a father that loves us, and we'll go ahead and do it, and God will take care of it later. It's, let's just obey the Lord. Let's just do it his way. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, you all know the story, so I'm not going to go through the whole story of Delilah trying to figure out. The Philistines tried to use her to find out what is his strength. How is this guy so strong that one person can kill a thousand people with a drop on? How can he be so strong that he could do all these miraculous things and he's a mere man? They fail to understand that all of us are mere people without God. The Holy Ghost lives inside of us. And we, <laughs> what we do largely dictates what he can do. He can do all things. There is no failure in him. We get to decide whether the Holy Ghost is going to have free reign in our lives. It's our choice. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So Delilah, you know, they play this riddle, and she keeps asking him, What's, how come you're so strong? What is it? And he tells her, her, gives her all these answers that are not true. And, of course, then she plays the pity party. You don't really love me, because if you really love me, you would tell me. You know, why are you so strong? What's the reason behind your strength? And you know, it's like the woman that kept coming to the judge. The judge didn't obey God, didn't believe God, any of that. He just was sick and tired of her coming. Her persistence made the judge just say, hey, you're released. Here, Samson did a similar thing. He was just sick and tired of hearing her. A nagging woman and women, God, please help us. Nagging wives, stop it. Glory to God. I'm telling you, you never win. You never win. If you want to keep talking to somebody about your husband, talk to God. Don't even keep telling your husband. He don't want to hear it, and he's not listening. Here's the thing that's funny about that. Somebody else can tell him the same thing you told him, and he'll hear it. You, okay, so nagging woman. This is what Delilah was. And she nagged him so much that he finally did this thing. I don't understand. Let's go to verse 18. We're still in uh, Judges chapter eight, uh, 15. Verse 18 it says, and I push she kept pestering him until he said, but this is what he said. He told her all of his heart. You never tell all. He knew that she was not with him. This is not a surprise to him. It wasn't a revelation. He knew that from the beginning. The Philistines were at odds with the Israelites. This is not news. He was operating as if it was news. <clears throat> that strength was in his hair. Now his strength was in the oath that had been given 
to him by the angel of the Lord who said you will be a Nazarite from the day that you're born until you die. That's what the angel said to him. So, yes, it was, it was manifest in, him, in, the, in his hair. Right? We all know that. Because once the hair was cut, you get to see in verse 20, which we're going to go to, that his strength had left him. Let's go to Judges chapter 16, verse 20. Now, he had already, remember, he had shared all of his heart with her in verse 18. And she takes that knowledge and uses it against him. And she says in verse 20, the same thing she had been saying there, because they've been playing this riddle, this game for a while. And she would say, Samson, Samson, the Philippines are upon you. And, and, and they weren't, because he hadn't given her the truth. But this time, he had already given her all of his heart. And the Philippines, in verse the Philippines, <laughs> God bless the Philippines, amen. Uh, in Judges chapter 16, verse 20, it says, And she said, The Philistines be upon you, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep, and he said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. So he didn't even have understanding about what the power of the Holy Ghost was upon him. He thought it was in his hair and in a shake. You can shake all you want to. If the Holy Ghost is not with you, it's just you. His strength was because the Holy Ghost had come upon him, not because he did it before. It was because the Holy Ghost was upon him. That's why. So but he had this, he didn't have a revelation about the Holy Ghost, about him being literally nothing without him, but through him having the ability to do all things. He had no revelation of that. So he shook himself, and look what he did. He said, and I was not that the Lord, he did not understand that the Lord had departed from him. Let us always be thankful to God. And never get too caught up in thinking that we've arrived in some way. Because we got this accolade and that accolade. You know, even if we raised the dead yesterday, it wasn't us. It would have been the spirit of the living God at work. We would have just been his vessel in the earth. He would have still the one doing the work. So let's not get caught up in thinking too highly of ourselves as we ought to. Glory to God. It is through him that all things are possible. But without him, nothing shall be impossible. We can't do it without him. Samson did not understand it. So in verse 21, he gets overtaken. The Philistines took him, and they put his eyes out. And they brought him down to Gaza, and they bought him with fetters and brass. And he did grind in the prison house. Right? Now here's the thing. God is always, his word towards us are past finding out. It doesn't matter whether we understand every component of what God is saying. If we just believe him, it manifests. In this guy's case, he didn't even know what was happening. This was just the spirit of the living God at work. This was just God, his plan. He had already spoken that, that this guy would be a judge to the Philistines, would judge the Philistines, would give them an opportunity for Israel to be released from that captivity that the Philistines had brought upon them over the years. It wasn't because of Samson. It was in spite of him. Glory to God. So look what happens. 
these people think that they they beat they think they beat Samson and they think they beat his God. They thought their Dagon God was gonna somehow <laughs> be the God that over surpasses anything that Samson's God could do. In verse 22 it says, Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaved. God, if he said it, he's going to do it. I don't care if it manifests today or tomorrow or next year or 10 years from now. If God said it, it's going to manifest. It will come to pass. So remember, Samson, the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit upon him manifested itself. He thought it was because of the length of his hair. He was part of the Nazarite oath. He was simply a pawn. I think of him as a pawn. I think we think he was so powerful, but when you think about it, it was just the work of the Holy Spirit upon him. Glory to God. So in verse 23, it says, Then the lords of the Philistines gathered themselves together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God. Because again, they really thought Dagon was a real God. I, I feel for people who, who don't know their God. It's only then that we can do exploit, exploits when we know our God. Glory to God. And so, so they did a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. For they said, our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. And they said, our God has delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. And yeah, God had used him to slew a bunch of the Philistines. And it came to pass that when their hearts were merry, that they said, call for Samson, because they wanted to make fun of him. You know, that he may make us sport. Yeah, they wanted to make fun of him. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, suffer me that I may feel the pillars upon the house standing, that I may lean upon them. Now, granted, his eyes were gouged out and and the guy was thinking, you know, he needed to have something to keep him stable. But God had a plan. Glory to God. Now the house was full of men and women. And all the lords of the Philistines were there. So all the power structure was there. And there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that, that beheld why Samson made sport. So they came to ridicule him, make fun of him, and to honor their Dagon God. <laughs> I can imagine Samson doing one of the refrains in Psalms 107. Oh, that man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Glory to God. Glory to God. So it goes on in, in Judges 16, 28, it says, And Samson called upon the Lord and said, Oh, Lord God. See, we got to worship God and remember him. And he says, Remember me, I pray thee. And strengthen me. So now he's getting it. Now he gets that his strength wasn't in him. His strength was in the Lord. And he said to the Lord, I pray thee this one time, God, that I may be at once avenged of these Philistines for my two eyes. So he was looking at it for vengeance. God was looking at it because he said so. <laughs> you understand? And so, and Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up, and of the one with his right hand and the other with his left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistine. And he, and he bowed himself with all of his might 
and the house fell upon the Lord's and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Only God. God said that Samson was going to come into the earth to deliver the, the people of Israel from the, Philist from the Philistines. And that's exactly what he did. He did what God said he was going to do. This manifested exactly the way the angel had told him. So remember that the angel said um, to Samson's mother in Judges 13, 5, she said, For behold, you're going to perceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. See, most people make a choice to be consecrated to God. Samson was born consecrated. Glory to God. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. And that's, that's what his life was. His life was as a deliverer to deliver the people of Israel from the Philistines. And that word manifested. Glory to God. But it says in verse 7, the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. And that word spoke because God said so. Amen. So God's plan for us doesn't change. God's plan didn't change because Samson cut his hair off. The Holy Spirit came upon Samson even for that final act. In his own strength, he can't take down a building with 3,000 people in it. In his own strength. But because the Holy Spirit had come upon him for this particular act, he gave the Philistines the show of their life. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm amazed at the way God works. Amen. How much more for you now that the Holy Spirit not just can come upon you, but he lives inside of you forever. Glory to God. He lives inside of you forever. Glory to God. So you can complete what the Lord has put you in the earth to do. You will complete it. He said he would be with us until the end. Glory to God. So keep looking to God and keep showing him or looking to him to show you the way. And the Holy Spirit is inside of us. He's talking to us all the time. We can shut him off. And if we do, that was our choice. But it wasn't because God didn't put him inside of us forever. Glory to God. He's inside of us forever. So we're going to look at another person that the Holy Ghost came upon. And the Holy Ghost can come upon anybody. Amen. But we're not doing 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today. The manifestations of the Holy Spirit, that's a whole other lesson. Amen. And we'll talk about that another time. What we're talking about today is that Jesus, God gave us himself as a father. He gave us Jesus as the word. And he gave us the Holy Spirit to live inside of us forever. Glory to God. Forever. So we're going to look at King Saul. And then God had been everything to Israel. But they insisted on being like their neighbor. <laughs> Just like the other folk, the Israelites wanted a judge. These folks want a king. Didn't realize that they had the king of kings. Didn't understand that they had the Lord of Lords. They didn't know. But they should have known. Glory to God. But they wanted to be like everybody else. 
the people of Israel, they insisted on a king. And so the Lord said, okay, amen. So he sent the prophet Samuel, amen, the one who not a single word that he declared fell to the ground. If Samuel said it, it happened like that. Glory to God. So he said, he sent Samuel to anoint Saul as the king of, over Israel. And he gave him instructions to go and meet a group of prophets, right? <laughs> so let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 10. We're going to look at verses, we're going to look at verses 5 through 7. Now, now in verse uh, chapter 10, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 5, it says, and after that thou shalt come to the hill of God. Now see, this is after Samuel had declared, had anointed him for the work that God had called him to do as king over Israel. And God always, God is demonstrative. He's going to show you that he said what he said. And that's what he does here. He said, thou shalt come to the hill of God. And God is very specific too. It, which I said, God, I want, you to, I want you to talk to me like that. You know, I want you to tell me step by step what I'm supposed to do, right? I get this part, and, and help me not to be anxious until you show me the next part. Because God will show us every step of the way, just like he did here, right? He showed them every step. Glory to God. He says that you come to the hill of God where is a garrison of the Philistines, and it shall come to pass when thou art come thither to the city, that thou shalt meet a company of prophets. Coming down from the high place with a psaltery and a tabret and a pipe and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. Now, how much more specific can you get? He said, God, talk to us like that. Glory to God. Talk to us like that. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you shall prophesy with them, and shall be turned into another man. See, when God comes into us, when we make him the Lord of our lives, we become different men and women. Yeah, that day. Might not manifest for a minute, but that day in our spirit, we're a different man. Now we got to do some work on the mind, right? Because the mind has to be renewed. That doesn't, get, that doesn't happen today. That happens because you submit to God's word concerning you. Not your experience, not your history, what God said. Glory to God. So here they are, they say, and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and he's going to prophesy along with the other prophets, right? And let it be, when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do on occasion serve thee, for the Lord, for God is with thee. Hallelujah. Now again, God is coming upon this man. He's within us. Glory to God. They get these spectacular things here and there. We got spectacular living inside of us every day. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, and Saul did prophesy, and the people were like, What is this that has come upon this son of Kish? Is Saul prophesying with the other prophets? So, that's what people think about us when they realize that we're not the people we used to be, that something has changed us. There are people that would say, not her, what? Sandra's a minister of God. What in the world has happened? The Holy Ghost happened. That's what happened. Amen. And that's what happened to each one of you. God has made us different people, better people. Glory to God. 
He, you know, he says that in the Old Testament, look at all these people who had to have their names changed. Right? Jacob was a trickster, and God called him Israel. And there's so many, I mean, think about uh, Abraham. His name was Abraham. God changed him to Abraham, the father of many nations. So what he did for us is a very similar thing. God changed us, but from the inside. Glory to God, and it manifests on the outside. So that old man has passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Glory to God. Because the Holy Ghost lives inside of us. Glory to God. So what I want to say about this is, you see the Lord has come upon us, and in fact lives in us. <laughs> and because I know that I should make sure you always have scripture to back up whatever it is that we're saying, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Because I already said that we're a new creation. But let's just say it exactly the way the word of God says. It says, therefore, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So here's Saul. Amen. Hallelujah. So it, uh, Saul does the work of the ministry, like what God expected him to do. And... Uh, I need to pay attention to the time. Okay, so God, uh, God, the Holy Ghost came upon this man Saul. But the people remembered that, hey, that's just your son. This guy can't be no what? How he gonna be the king? Well, you guys were begging for a king, and this is the one that's being appointed. Now we know, and this is not even part of the text, but we do know at the end of Saul's life. He had done all kinds of crazy stuff. And God took his kingdom and gave it to another who God said was better than him. And we know that was King David. We got our own King David. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But anyway, what I want to show about this is that God used the Holy Spirit to come upon Saul to enable Saul to do what God called Saul to do. Amen. And so what we want to remember is, glory to God. He had to perform works for the people to decide that he could be their king. Just like Samson had to perform acts for the people to decide that it was okay for him to be the judge. God is not calling you to perform any acts. He's calling you to look to him as the author and the finisher of your faith. Glory to God. He's looking to you. To surrender your life to him so he can give it back to you. We can't do it by ourselves. Trust me when I tell you, we cannot do it by ourselves. In fact, I was at a, uh, helping to officiate a funeral on Thursday. And there were, the people were saying stuff like, they're going to do everything in their power. You know, that, you know they're gonna, they want to they wanna do better. They want to live better so that they can see they're deceased again. So I said, I got up there and I said, let's be clear about one thing. In yourself, you can do nothing. You want to see her again? She lived a life before God. It's your job to do the same thing. Know this, that without God, you cannot do it. Without God, you can't even get delivered from sorrow. God is a comforter. He's wrapping your arms around you. 
But it's your choice. It's your choice whether or not you want to be comforted. So allow the Lord himself to comfort you. Somebody said, I, uh, I don't even believe in God. I said, okay, well, you got a problem, sweetie. Let's be clear about that. Make a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And all of these wonderful things that I'm talking about here today, the Holy Spirit coming upon you, the Holy Spirit living within you, is conditional upon a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ for New Testament believers. Glory to God. So, anyway, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, on Saul, except to say at some point they had seen enough miraculous things happen that they made a similar declaration like the people of Israel did for Samson. They said, <laughs> you want to look at it? You can go back. Um, this is uh, 1 Samuel chapter 10. We, we were, it's in verse 17 through 24. But at the end of the verse, at the end of 24, it says, hallelujah, it says, Samuel said to all the people, do you see the man the Lord has chosen? There is no one like him among all the people. And then the people shouted, long live the king. All right, listen, we're the ones that have to shout that. If we want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of our lives, we are the ones that are going to make that shout. We're going to make that declaration in whatever area of our lives we're in. We want Jesus to be the Lord. We have to make sure he has ascendancy over all that other stuff. So what I love is I want to take you back to where we started which is in John chapter 14, because God talked to us about this helper, the Holy Spirit, the one that's living inside of us. He talked to us about all these incredible attributes of the Holy Spirit, right? So I'm just going to read that part <laughs> in verse John chapter 14, verse 16. It says, and this is what Jesus did. Remember, he was talking to the Father about us being here, left here as his representatives. And he says, if you really love me, you will keep my commandments. You will keep and obey my commandments. Amen. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. And this helper, helper, is our comforter, our advocate, our intercessor, our counselor, our strengthener, our standby. The one who is the spirit of truth. Glory to God. And look what he goes on to say. To be with you. Forever. The Holy Spirit is never going to leave us. He's with us forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him. Ah, we know him. Hallelujah. He's the Holy Spirit and he ministers to us and he remains with us continually. Glory to God. He said, <laughs> glory to God. I want to just talk about that relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. The one that enabled us to be positioned to have another helper, the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, so he gave us authority to operate as his representatives in the earth. And uh, here's the thing. I love the way that um, I'm going to talk about this fruit that we're called to bear. Right? And if we had time, we would go through John chapter 15. Where we're, we're, we're told that Jesus is the vine and, I, and, and, and God is the husbandman, and we are the branches, right? And as branches, we're called to bear fruit. So if our lives are not speaking life, 
something is wrong. We got the Holy Spirit living inside of us to lead and to guide us to all the truth. And we take that truth that we've been led to and we minister it to others. Not just with our mouths. I'm so tired of hearing people talk about who they are and not talking about who God is. You're nothing without God. You can't do anything without him. But with him, nothing shall be impossible. Because we believe. Because we believe. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit will keep witnessing that thing to us. Just like Jesus kept pointing people to the Father, we're, the Holy Spirit points us right back. He has the same constitution. It's not his alone. He understands that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, they are one. Hallelujah. They're one. They're very distinct responsibilities, but they are one. And the Holy Spirit is the one that was left here. Jesus is still the Word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. He's still the Word. So when we study this thing, we do it to show ourselves approved unto God. We do it because we want to be workmen who need not to be ashamed, who rightly divide the word of truth. Right? So here's the thing. The helper is a paracletus. A paraclete, right, in the Greek. Right? And the paracletus is all of us that he's called to walk alongside. It's so funny. For weeks, God has been telling us that he's walking alongside us. Today, he wants us to be reminded that the Holy Ghost is also inside of us. Glory to God. So, he's a comforter. And I told you, I know him. You can't tell me God can't be a comforter. I've seen it, and I know it. And I can minister that to anybody. Any place, any place, anywhere, anytime. Why? God has shown himself and proven himself to me. If he can deliver me, he can deliver you. Glory to God. Now, as an advocate, he's a counselor for the defense. <laughs> Glory to God. I love a counselor for the defense. Hallelujah. So in 1 John 2, 1, he says, my little children, believers, dear ones, this is how God thinks of us as his children, as his dear ones. Glory to God. I'm writing you these things so that you will not sin and violate God's law. Now, I've been talking to you people that violated God's laws and left, right, and center. And they had God and didn't want him. They rejected him because they wanted a man to rule over them. They wanted a man to judge them. I thank God that my reliance is not on a man. Our faith is in God and not in man. Glory to God. So he says, he goes on to say, and if anyone sins, we have an advocate. Glory to God. Who will intercede for us with the Father. Ah, Jesus Christ, the righteous, the upright, the just one, who conforms to the Father's will in every way, in purpose, in thought, and in action. This is part of who the Holy Spirit is inside of us. He's our counselor for the defense. Hallelujah. I love that. Okay. And then in, in Romans 8, 34, we're reminded, and for those of us that are intercessors, we pray for others because God has dawned on our hearts that that's something that he's calling us to do. We take that thing very seriously. It's not a gossip opportunity. It's not an opportunity for you to go on and on. Listen, it's an opportunity for us to stand praying for others, for the, 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 their lives to be restored, for them to be delivered, for them to be set free from whatever darkness has tried to speak to them. 
We stand praying against that. Don't let God come back here and ask, how come I can't find somebody that will stand in the gap? Ah, let that not be any of us. Hallelujah. But instead, Romans 8, 34 says, hallelujah. As an intercessor, it says, and again, this is a work of the Holy Spirit inside of us. We intercede because he showed us how. We can't be intercessors if the Holy Ghost is not speaking to us. If we're not spending time in the Word to find out what God is saying to us and about us, glory to God. They're prerequisites. Hallelujah. It says, who is the one who condemns us? Christ Jesus is the one who died to pay our penalty. Don't think you deserve to be sick because you didn't eat right for 10 years. It's not God's plan for you. Yes, repent. Yes, change your way. But know this. God's plan for you is the same. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his will for you, hallelujah, is that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So part of this sickness thing is that people need to renew their minds. And understand, make your mind agree with the word that says, by Jesus stripes I'm healed. Not I deserve to be sick because of this, that, and the other thing. No. The Holy Ghost lives inside of us. And he's speaking to you and saying, follow me. I'll show you the way. Follow me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But as an intercessor, he says, hallelujah. Um, let me start. It says, who is the one who condemns us? Christ Jesus is the one who died, who paid our penalty. And more than that, who was raised from the dead. And who is at the right hand of God, interceding with the Father for us. So we don't just have the Holy Ghost. Jesus is interceding for us. He's our big brother. And God has always been for us. So remember, it's divine, it's the husbandman, and it's us. We work together, just like the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost work together. We're not islands, and we can't do this by ourselves. But because we consider and honor this God who had a plan, hallelujah, to not leave us comfortless. He had a plan to not leave us without an advocate. He had a plan to not leave us without an intercessor. He had a plan to not leave us without a comforter. And he's enabling him to live inside of us forever. Glory to God. Forever. Amen. Glory to God. Forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. So I told you, we're, we're not going to be those people. And for those that need to see it, let's turn to Exodus chapter 22, verses 30 and 31. Let it never be said of any intercessor. Let this never be said of us. I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand on the gap before me. Hallelujah. For the sake of the land. And, and that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. Not even one. Therefore, I've poured out my indignation on them. I've consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I've repaid their way by bringing it upon their own heads, says the Lord of God, says the Lord, the Lord God. Well, we know that's not going to be our portion because we're going to obey the voice of the Lord. And not only that, we're going to spend more time praying for others than we're praying for ourselves. But it's okay to pray for yourselves too. I don't know why people think God has a problem with you praying for yourself. Hey, pray. Pray for yourself, too. Just esteem others higher than you esteem yourself. That's the requirement. 
Not that you can't pray for yourself. Lord knows I pray for myself. Amen. Glory to God. So anyway, as a counselor, the scripture that came to my mind about him being a counselor is in Psalms 119, verse 23 and 24. And it says, even though princes sit and talk to one another against me, your servant meditates on your statutes. Glory to God. Your testimonies are my delight and my counselors. Glory to God. God, the longer we spend time with him, the more testimonies we'll have about the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God is a good God. He's good all by himself. Hallelujah. He's good whether it looks like he's good or not. If we trust him at all times. Hallelujah. Glory to God. As a strengthener, I thought, you know, the scripture we lift up all the time about strength is joy. Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. My sister is an amazing woman of God. She was laying in a bed with oxygen, fighting COVID for two weeks in the hospital. And if you say how you doing, she said, Praise is what I do. <laughs> Glory to God. She couldn't talk hardly. But she was giving God the praise. Do you hear me? And so now she's out of the hospital. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. And it's amazing what they said versus what's happening. Only God. <laughs> to God be the glory. She's a woman of God. Got a whole ministry. And she's been praying for them for years. And you know what happened? They've been built up and they were praying for her. Glory to God. That's what God expects of us. We're supposed to be fruit. Fruit that remains. Glory to God. And if the fruit's remaining, that means that people around us are growing up. They don't need to depend on us for the prayer next time. Because guess what? They realize, oh, I can pray for myself. Oh, God hears me when I pray. Yes. Yes. When you give your life to Jesus, he can hear you. Glory to God. And he's faithful to answer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I bless the Lord for that woman of God. She's Praise is what I do. Glory to God. So to Bernay and to her ministry, to God be the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So as a standby, I thought of, uh, I didn't think of this. I actually thought, God, I don't understand a standby. But what that means really is he's never going to leave you. He's always there with you. He promised to live inside of us forever. That's who he is. That's what he does. So the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and works together with us and works the word. And if we had more time, I would spend it on John chapter 15, talking to you about the association between those three parts, the vine dresser, the husbandman, and us, the branch. God is calling us to go out into the highways and byways and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He asked us to do that because he's equipped us. We have a word in season to speak to people that are weary because God said so. And he'll lay people on our hearts. And all of you who spent any time praying can testify to the many times God showed you somebody's face. You don't even know them. And you just knew pray. And so what did you do? You prayed in the spirit. And you may not know until you get to heaven the impact that you had. But your obedience made a difference. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So God's plan is a certified one. It's, you know, we're going to school to get this certain, that certain. Hey, God started out certified. Glory to God. If he said it, he'll do it. And the Holy Spirit is living inside of us. 
Give him an opportunity to speak. And when he does speak, let's be like Isaiah was back there in chapter 6 of Isaiah. He said, here I am, Lord. Use me. So I say, Holy Spirit, speak. Your servant is listening. Glory to God. So, in John chapter uh, 15, verse 1 through 7, we're, we're shown um, about the beauty. God makes things all things well. And when he calls us to be fruit, he has to prune us sometimes. That's correction. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a flower and a plant girl. Trust me. So in our family, Larry's the green thumb. And so he does all our gardening. And this year I decided, oh, I'm going to help him. I said, hey, Larry, you know, I'm going to come out there and help you. And he said, that's okay. <laughs> because he knows that I'm faithful to overwater or underwater. And pruning was a foreign concept. Like, what? But this year I helped him. And I appreciate the hard work is work. But to him, it's therapy. Hmm. So we get to choose whether spending time with the Holy Spirit and spending time with God is a chore or whether it's therapy. We get to choose. As I leave you, I pray that you'll choose life and choose to allow the Holy Spirit to manifest in you in all of those ways that have been introduced to us today. He's more than a comforter. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm. Hallelujah. I got way more. I just, <laughs> I'm just going to try to be decent and orderly here. Hallelujah. Mm. So God has equipped us. Every single one of us who have called upon his name, we're equipped to do the Great Commission. We're equipped to draw people to Christ. We're equipped to operate in wisdom. And when we do, we'll draw people to Christ. We'll be quick to give them a reason for our hope. And that reason being Jesus Christ. God wants us to be free. I don't mean act like we're free. I'm talking about live free. And he gave us the Holy Spirit to lead us into the truth that makes us free. Glory to God. So John 8, 36, we all know that who the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So the Spirit of the Lord indeed is within us. And he can come upon us whenever he deems it necessary. Hallelujah. And in fact, in the New Testament, when he comes upon us, it manifests in one of the ways it's spoken about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, a manifestation of the Spirit. And at some point, we're going to go back to that and speak to each one of those things and how they, and how they work. But the manifestations of the Spirit, in addition to the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we can have a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, special faith, gifts of healing, 
workings of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, and even interpretation of those spirits, even diverse tongues of interpretation. So the Holy Spirit <laughs> has a huge role to play in it. And we have to work together with him. Glory to God. He'll lead us and guide us into all the truth. Hallelujah. Father, we honor you. We magnify your holy name, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us forever. Thank you for using this opportunity to widen our even to open the eyes of our understanding and enlighten us about the work of the Holy Spirit, about the work of the triune God. We thank you, Lord God. We give you honor and praise that we have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And we say, God, use us. Use us to work together with the Holy Spirit to go out into the whole world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us to hear the counsel of the Lord that stands sure. Help us to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when we hear his voice, let us be quick to obey. We give you honor and we give you praise and we say, God, thank you. Thank you for your love for your creation. Thank you for reminding us, hallelujah, that you had a plan for us from the very beginning. And that plan is manifesting in each of us, in us and all around us. Thank you, Holy Spirit for being our defender, for being our comforter and our counselor and our guide. Thank you, Father, for Jesus always interceding on our behalf. And thank you, Father, hallelujah, for your love for us. Thank you for all of those who are mourning. Let them come to know you as the mighty comforter. To all of them that are in court or have paperwork with their names on it, show them that you're the defender, oh God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, and for people who don't know you, we pray, oh God, that even this day, that they will call upon the name of the Lord, confess with their mouth, and believe in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Thank you for saving them, God. Thank you for translating them from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your dear Son. To you be all glory, all praise, and all dominion. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we want to thank you for spending time with us today. Hallelujah. Here at World Missions Ministries. And we hope that this word has been a blessing to you. We just encourage you to spend some time getting acquainted or reacquainted with the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, and he'll teach you and lead and guide you into the truth that's been set forth to make you free. Glory to God. So now this is our opportunity to give back to God financially, give back to the ministry. Hallelujah. So if God lays it on your heart to be a blessing, there are three ways that you can sow to the ministry financially. Now, we, we do cover your prayer. We thank you for praying for World Missions Ministries, and we appreciate you. And we, and we will continue to stand praying that God will finish what he started in each one of you. Today, to give, you can do it through Zelle. 
Um, and if you want to do it through a Zell transfer, the number is 571-234-2387. And the name of the ministry is World Missions Ministries. If you prefer to give through PayPal, you can go to our website, www.wmmchurch.org, and click the Donate button. If you prefer to give by regular mail, you can uh, send it to our, our headquarters address here, uh, World Missions Ministries, 6805 East Clinton Street in Clinton, Maryland. And the zip code is 20735. Hallelujah. God bless you and keep you. And make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah.